Welcome to Reframe Your Life. I'm Joanne Gibson. And I'm Sandy Reynolds. Together, we bring you our podcast for women who want to live and lead their lives thoughtfully and with intention. On our episodes, we explore diverse topics relevant to all areas of our lives. Hi, Life Reframers. Here we are today with another exciting guest for you. I'm going to be introducing Beth Wyatt, and I'm very excited about this. And I think Sandy might be too. Hey, Sandy, because you said you didn't sleep very well last night. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm, well, sometimes I'm a good sleeper, but I thought the irony of being exhausted when we're doing this interview today has, is not lost on me. Beth is an insomnia and stress management coach, trained in coaching, sleep sciences, stress management, and meditation. She gives women safe, natural, and practical solutions to relieve insomnia and bedtime anxiety so they can get the deep, restorative sleep they need. Beth describes herself as a bedtime thinker. She knows what it's like to suffer in all areas of life when sleep habits decline. Beth also has her own podcast called Calm and Cozy, love that name, and is also an artist, photographer, blogger, and expert napper. It's Beth's mission to make sleep a beloved part of our daily routine that we prepare for and look forward to. Welcome, Beth, to our podcast. (laughs) Hi. Thanks for having me. We're happy we're to just, have you. We're just laughing very, with very. Beth because we this is like our third intro with her. So by now we feel like we're old friends, but we just had trouble getting that quite right. So Beth, tell us about your journey and what led you to become so enthusiastic and passionate about helping people or women with their with their sleep and, and uh, their sleep rituals. If you had told me... Oh, what a year. I've been in business about a year now. Um, if you would have told me a year ago that I'd be working in sleep, I would have thought you were crazy. I always worked in creative businesses. I've always been entrepreneurial along with whatever day job I was working. And I took a wellness coaching course. I wanted to be a general wellness coach. I had no idea about choosing a niche yet. So I thought, you know what, I've always been interested in health and enjoyable exercise and habits, healthy habits and how we form healthy habits. And I was taking a wellness coaching certification course and found by accident a sleep science certification course and was very interested because I have slept horribly for most of my life probably since I was a child, I don't remember the last time I really had a great sleep before this. So I took the course thinking, this will help me with my own sleep. And it did. I loved it. I learned so much about sleep. I learned about how it affects me personally, which is as funny. It sounds kind of like common sense, like sleep affects us all. But to start internalizing it and saying, this is how it's helping me. This is how great I feel now that I've embraced sleep, putting things in action and just completely transform my sleep and became really passionate about it, speaking to everyone about it and went, well, you know what? I have a certification now. <laughs> Why don't I get into sleep? And this, this alarming thing for me was I was going online and seeing that 
hardly anyone was doing this. It's very difficult to find, I would say, to count on one hand how many people work in the sleep industry. Mm. Um, it's a tiny industry. And except for sleep doctors, which I think there's more of those, sleep coaches are very few. And I was excited about that. I know getting into an industry that's tiny is probably not the best idea for someone starting a business. But for me, I was very excited because I, I was on a mission and just wanted to pave the way and make contacts in this industry. And you could tell by how I'm speaking, but I just love it. I love sleep and I love getting the message out about sleep. So that's how I started in it. I love it. I <laughs> think that the, the fact that it is a tiny industry is telling about the way we think about sleep because mm -hmm. we spend a large portion of our life sleeping. And the fact that there's not too many people really focused on helping people create good sleep habits or find out why they're not sleeping well, it's one of those things that we talk about, like the weather, you know, like, <laughs> how are you? It's either, you know, I'm fine or oh, I didn't sleep well last night. It seems to be like a common refrain from people, which probably gives you a great opportunity to talk about what you do. Right. And we usually don't take notice of our sleep until it's not going well. It's just something that we naturally do, but we don't really focus on it until it's too late. So I also want to catch, the, <laughs> I also want to catch the people that it's not too late to just tell them that, you know, learning to love sleep and focusing on your sleep will benefit your life in every way. So let's start now not wait until, you know, it's time to see a sleep doctor. Right. I mean, I've heard of, you know, moms, young moms having sleep coaches for their kids mm. or people to help them to get their kids to sleep through the night, which is obviously because the mother wants to sleep through the night as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What about the mom? Mommy. <laughs> so when you talk about it being too late and having to get like a sleep doctor, what, like, where's the point of that? Like, where, how do people know when, where they need a sleep coach and where they need a sleep doctor? I think once it's on your radar that sleep isn't working out for you, you start to worry about it. Um, sleep is something we just naturally do. And then when it's no longer coming naturally, there's usually an issue. It can be caused by something else. I work directly with insomnia and I, I went from general sleep coaching to insomnia just because mm -hmm. I felt like insomniacs aren't being the treatment isn't what I believe uh, it should be. Insomniacs are being treated for a physical sleep issue, not a mental sleep issue, a sleep issue starts when you no longer can just lie down and fall asleep. As soon as it takes effort from you, that's when you start to feel like, okay, there might be a problem here. And insomnia will affect the stats are like one in three people will have insomnia at some point in their life. So it's a very real issue for a lot of people 
And a lot of us might not have the issue now, but we might later. And so that's why managing stress and making sure everything else in your life is running smoothly can be a catalyst for our sleep running smoothly. Like our sleep is a natural transition from what we're doing during the day. So as soon as things during the day aren't going so well, that's when our sleep starts to suffer. And that's when we really notice there's an issue here. Mm. And sleep is a restorative process, right, for our body and our mind. Yes. Yet many of us may not think of it like the importance of our body needs to recover. It needs to recuperate. I think a lot physiologically, I think our cells are being restored and things are happening in our body and our brain. Our sleep is is important. Yes. And I think that starts from, this was something I was thinking this morning. I was making my bed and thinking, why, why are we as adults, why do we still not want to go to bed? And I think it starts when we're children and you've had this amazing day as a child and everything fun happened for you and you got to do all the things you wanted to do and eat all the treats you love to, you know, eat. And then all of a sudden, our parents just go, okay, time for bed. And it's like, oh, like it's always a letdown. Like, okay, the fun is over. Time to go into your bed. And it's, I think it's just a learned behavior that bedtime is like, okay, fun's over. It's time for bed now. It's not something that we get to do. It's something that we have to do. When we're little, we have our little bedtime routine set up for us to make it more enjoyable for us or like, you know what, if, if you go and get your pajamas on, we'll read your favorite story. So <laughs> is this something that we learn as children? Like you have to, we have to be bribed to go to bed. <laughs> and I think we just carry that into adulthood. I've never thought of it that way at all. Yeah, I'd love to know what you, because you mentioned you went from general to working with insomniac. So can you just give us, what is the definition of an insomniac? That is an amazing question. Oh. I love that question. (laughs) Oh, good. (laughs) Because the definition of insomnia in, you know, a a dictionary would be difficulty falling asleep and staying asleep. And I believe the second part is like when one has the chance to do so. But... The difference, so let's take two different women. And if the definition is difficulty falling asleep and staying asleep, let's say both of these women, it takes them 30 minutes to fall asleep every night. You have the one woman, it takes her 30 minutes, she gets into bed, she has her nice little evening routine, she enjoys going to bed, she likes to be relaxed and cozy and calm, she's lying in her bed, she's not restless, she's just resting closing her eyes, and 30 minutes go by, and then she falls asleep. I wouldn't really call that insomnia. Mm. (laughs) That's not, this woman is not going to a sleep doctor saying, I have a huge issue. It takes me 30 minutes to fall asleep because she's peaceful. She's, She's not restless. She's enjoying the process. Then you have an, another woman who takes the same amount of time to fall asleep, but she's restless. She's stressed out. She's looking at the time constantly. What time is it? How much time has gone by? I'm not going to be able to fall asleep tonight. I have this thing I have to get up for in the morning. This is going to be awful. I'm going to be tired tomorrow. That's insomnia. It's not just the not being able to fall asleep. It's also this inner struggle, the stress 
the whole internal struggle is just my favorite word. The whole internal struggle that goes along with not being able to sleep is how I would define insomnia. That's helpful for me. Mm-hmm. I'm a person who falls asleep easy. Like I can barely make it to 930 and I'm falling asleep, but I don't stay asleep. That's that's my problem, especially if I have something on the next day. I start waking up around two in the morning. So Sandy, when you go, when you say you, 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 you're a bed at 930 or are you falling, are you like me and falling asleep in front of the TV and dragging no. yourself to sleep? <laughs> no. So I have, um, Beth would be very proud of me, I think. I have very <laughs> like big rituals around sleep at night. So I have a like alarm that goes off on my phone at 9.30. That's time to get ready for bed. And so then I go through my whole getting ready for bed <clears throat> ritual. I, you know, bring water. I have like a lavender oil I put on my wrist. I spray my pillow. I put hand cream on, I I turn the lights off, I do some gratitude. And usually I fall asleep probably within 10 minutes. I'm just out. I'm so proud of you. Yeah. Right. So it's all that good. That sounds amazing. Till about two in the morning. And right. then and you wake up. it's like wide awake. And it's like thinking about stuff. And then I've had, I always feel like I've had enough sleep, so I'm not tired. And then, especially if I have something big on the next day, like if I'm traveling or I'm speaking at something, it's just toss and turn all night. So I don't know, like, I have good strategies for getting to sleep. I have none for staying asleep. So maybe you can give me some practical ideas here because I've heard you should get up and read. You shouldn't lay there and get more stressed out about trying to fall asleep. And then I've heard people say you should just stay there and shut your eyes and try to calm yourself down. So I've tried both and I'm not sure either has been highly successful for me. (laughs) Is there a strategy for getting back to sleep? Is it the same? Like, should I get up and start my routine all over or what? (laughs) I love your evening routine. And that's what I preach. We're treating sleep as a separate entity from our day. So our day is busy. And we're go, go, go. We're doing, you know, our family thing, our work thing. And then we're just falling into bed and then wondering why it's not happening. What, like, how come I can't sleep? Well, you didn't really, you didn't wind down. Mm. It would be like running your, taking your car out on the highway. You're going, you know, a hundred because we all go the speed limit. I'm um, hundred kilometers. <laughs> you're going 120 and then you all of a sudden just slam on the brakes and stop the car and then wonder why the car is shaking or why it's still warm. We're taking it from, you know, a hundred kilometers and stopping and going to zero and then wondering, like, we're lying in bed and going, why am I like, why is my brain not stopping? Why is this like, why am I restless? Why? And it's like, well, you had no wind down period. Stopping to like, first of all, like setting, I still have, I have um, a Fitbit and I use it because it monitors my sleep and I love that part of it. And I have it set so that I get a notification on my phone at 9.30 that tells me it's time to wind down for bed. (laughs) So I know you can do that on just like a calendar on your phone or on your laptop that just reminds you like, hey, whatever you're doing right now, take note, like like a yellow light, like a bedtime's coming, it's time to start slowing down. So 
I dim lights. I, you know, we start putting away technology or if you have to have your technology, like a, a blue light filter to block the horrible blue light from our screens, um, doing calming activities, things that calm you down, help you wind down for bed. So that bedtime is a transition, not a separate, a separate thing that we're doing. It's not daytime, then nighttime. It should just all blend in. I like that. The problem too with a lot of insomniac. So I, I never really, because I go by the different definition of insomnia, um, the one that includes the inner struggle, I never really considered myself an insomniac. I didn't have that stress that came with it. I call it bedtime. I was a bedtime thinker. My mind would race at night. As soon as my head hit the pillow, that's when every worry of my life would enter my brain. And it, when you're alone in the dark, that's when all the worries are the worst too. They're magnified at night. And finding ways to relieve uh, relieve those thoughts would have been so helpful, but I hadn't thought of that. I There really was no resource to go to to say, so how do I calm my racing thoughts at night? Like, no one's talking about it, so people aren't uh, finding solutions for these things. So uh, racing thoughts, uh, you can get like get them out of you so that you can go to bed. And journaling is wonderful. Making a to-do list. If you're somebody who's lying in bed worrying about all the things you have to do tomorrow, get up, write them down, put it, you know, beside your bed or on your dresser and say, like, that's for tomorrow. Tonight, I'm, I'm going to sleep. So mm. I, I teach rest. Rest is one of my favorite words because when we're, when we're in bed and we can't sleep, all we're focused on is I can't sleep. I can't sleep. I can't sleep. But we forget that rest is important too. So if you're not sleeping, at least be resting. Mm. So there is a lot of, there's a lot of different opinions on whether you should get out of bed if you're having problems falling back asleep. Everyone is different. So sleep is so, there's still a lot of mystery around sleep and everybody sleeps different, differently. Everyone has different solutions, so I'm not saying this is for everybody. In general, I would suggest if you can't sleep and you're lying in bed, first of all, are you going to bed too early? Maybe you're going to bed because you think it's a good time, like 10 o'clock sounds like a good time to go to bed, but if you're not really tired, you're probably going to lie in bed for a while. And are you beating yourself up over it or are you just looking at it and going, you know what? Maybe 1030 is a better time. Maybe I'll move it back a half an hour and see how I feel. If you're lying in bed, you've, like Sandy mentioned, you fall asleep for a few hours, then you wake up. Now you're wide awake. I'm not a fan of getting out of bed and doing something else because it's counterproductive. If you, if you want to fall back asleep, going and reading the newspaper isn't sleeping and mm -hmm. it's not resting. So I suggest resting. And being okay with rest and learning, learning to appreciate rest as just as important as sleep, because it's, uh, it's also the first step to sleep. So if insomniacs, the issue is sleep is on a pedestal and it, they look at it as something that's never going to happen for them. But rest is something you can do while you're awake. 
and we have control over rest. So lying in bed and resting and even saying something like, I can't fall asleep tonight, so resting is good too. Or I'm going to rest tonight and I'm going to be okay with that. And I do find that that's one of the simplest things that you can do. But it's it makes a huge difference because you're changing your mindset from sleep, like sleep is a goal, sleep is a goal, to rest is okay. I'm going to rest and that's okay. So, of course, we love this because you are talking about reframing. <laughs> so we're reframing sleep to thinking about it differently and thinking about it as rest, which I think is a great strategy. And I I think that's going to be really helpful for me. I love how you said rest is the first step to sleep. <laughs> the strategies, I guess, when you wake up in the middle of the night, strategies to rest and calm that mind right. um, to maintain rest rather than, oh, my God. I got to do this tomorrow when I, or I got to do this in three hours when I actually get out of bed or whatever. I used to count sheep, but it didn't work very well. <laughs> I want to say that's Australian, but it's not. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Someone told me years ago, just count sheep jumping over the fence. So I'd literally lie there, close my eyes. And I mean, I guess the strategy was you're not thinking of all these other stressful things that you may be thinking of. Right. And you just You're calmly, else. yeah, just fo- fo- calmly focusing. I don't know why sheep. Maybe it is because it's Australian. <laughs> <laughs> I think it has worked in the past. It's just so when people wake up, is that the type of strategies you'll help them find for themselves to rest? Because I, I like how you say it's, it's our own definition of rest. Really. Yes. Yes. Um, this happened to me just last night. I, I don't sleep perfectly every night. Um, I still struggle with racing thoughts and being anxious, usually because I'm excited. Like this morning I'm on your podcast. I was excited about that last night. Mm-hmm. So of course I didn't sleep as well as I usually do. But I, I, and I remember waking up a few times. The difference is before I would have woken up and then been frustrated and maybe got up and checked my phone and like did everything besides lie there quietly. So now I, I, I really think like it's so important to have your own ways of calming yourself down or just like I have to say, Beth, just stop. Like, this is not resting. Just just lie here. Like you'll fall back asleep eventually. So I lie there still and focusing on something is great. Focus on something that we can control because we can't control the thoughts that come into our head. Mm-hmm. And that's also something that I am passionate about. These thoughts that are coming into your head, these are the things that are stressing you out. They're the things that are making you like feel guilty or shame, like you're feeling guilt and shame and disappointment. And they're the things that are keeping you awake. We can't control those thoughts, but we can control the way that we react to them. So if you're letting them take over your whole night, that's insomnia. Like that's, you've just let your thoughts take over your entire being for the next eight hours. Where if you can, understand first of all there's nothing wrong with you these thoughts come into our head we can't control them but we can control how we react to them so if you I love like saying something out loud unless like your bed partner wakes up if you say it but you can whisper it quietly or think it inside your head but saying something like not tonight because tonight I want to rest like pushing them away saying like okay here's the thoughts like I was expecting this 
And then saying that tonight, like, no, thank you. I'm going to think about something else tonight. And I love like deep breathing meditation, which is funny. Like I, I grew up in church, so I'm, I'm a Christian. I have a strong faith in God and meditation was something that I didn't understand. And I, I was always told like, we don't do that. We don't clear our mind. But I've, as soon as I learned about meditation, I learned that meditation isn't clearing your mind. It's just refocusing. It's focusing your thoughts on something that you can control, which is your breath. I love focusing on my breath, like just putting my hands on my belly and making sure that my hands are rising. So I'm breathing from my diaphragm, not from my chest and just listening to my breath and, and shooing away the thoughts that I, I don't want controlling me tonight and just listening to my breath. I love wearing earplugs at night. Um, it keeps me from hearing noises outside my window and in the house, but it also amplifies my breath. So it's like my own white noise machine. Mm-hmm. So I can listen to my own breath. I can hear breathing in and out and I fall asleep to the sound of my breath. And meditation for me is refocusing away from the thoughts that I don't want to think about and just listening. I'll also pray to during, you know, I, I have like, I'll take a, a Bible verse that I love or a quote that I love and I'll I'll break it into two so I have on the inhale is one half and the other half's on the exhale and I just repeat that and then I fall asleep. So there are a lot of different ways that we, instead of like physically popping a pill or taking something, if we can find our own inner peace, our own inner ways of calming ourselves, that's perfect because it's it's DIY solutions. <laughs> Who doesn't yeah. love a do-it-yourself solution? Uh, we don't have to find external external ways. Yeah, I yeah. love that because you're touching. I mean, we talk a lot about reflection, and I mean, you're really touching on self-awareness, which um, Sandy and I talk a lot about leadership and really understanding who you are. And it's it is about those thoughts and understanding when you're having those thoughts is self-awareness and then being able to move them aside and, you know, tell yourself not not for now, mm. n- not for tonight, not for 2 a.m., <laughs> and then thinking about your reality and that's our model, you know, reflection, reality, reframe. And I, I just I love everything you've said because you've given us some practical strategies, but really it's about that mindset shift. So you can practice gratitude while you're lying there at two way like you can mm-hmm. think of something that you're po- you know positive about you don't have to write it down necessarily right and the other thing I love that you just said is you've just validated me for wearing my earplugs all the time <laughs> <laughs> I wear them all the time when I'm traveling and um it's because normally in you know, hotels these days are normally built cheerful uh, cheap and cheerfully so you can hear everything uh, so, but I always thought I was a little bit weird. And then I also wear them when um, Ashley's had a little bit too much red wine to drink. <laughs> <laughs> keeps my relationship, which is the fourth prong on our model, <laughs> keeps the relationship going okay. But you're right. As soon as I put them in, I've even questioned myself. Like I've said, oh, my gosh, do I want to hear myself breathing? You know, <laughs> so now I'll reframe that to, you know, just a nice slow breaths and and focus on the breathing rather than see it as a negative I love that 
I am my own white noise machine. I like that too. I thought that was great because that's one of the reasons I don't like earplugs because I feel like, oh, it just feels really like now I can just hear myself more. So, But I like that thinking of it as a white noise machine. Well, and sleep does, it takes us inward. So everything, like we, we love being like cocooned in our bed and, and I find the earplugs, like I, I don't like to have to rely on something to fall asleep, but it definitely, like if you live in a noisy house or a noisy neighborhood, like popping in earplugs, finding ones that are comfortable and that stay in your ears is key. Mm -hmm. But we like to, like going inward, like I find Bedtime is such a, a great time for like alone time. Like I just get to be like cozy and cocooned and, you know, like think about the happy things from my day. And that's part of what I love about sleep. And I, I find that the only people who love sleep are the, are the people who sleep really well. And I want that to change. I want people to, to start thinking of sleep as something that you get to do, not something that you have to do. So finding those things that you love about it, like tr- it, even if you don't sleep well, there's got to be something that you lo- that you can appreciate about sleep and focusing on that when you go to bed. Like I always say, I want people to happy sigh when they get into bed. So if you don't happy sigh, what can you do differently so that you are so that you get into bed and cocoon and you're in your like ready to hibernate and just go, oh, like I love my bed. So what needs to be done? for you to be able to say that every night. So what are some things that people you've worked with that have done to make a shift to being happy sires? <laughs> <laughs> well, look at your like, look at your bed and think what isn't comfortable? What I know something like a mattress can be it's a big investment, so I'm more about the the smaller things that we can do that are a bit cheaper. Um but Investing in a good pillow that's comfortable for the the kind of sleeper that you are. Uh, Having a night table that's filled with things that you love, not just clutter. Um, uh, Having a space that's uncluttered, that's that's pretty. A blanket that you love that's on your bed that makes you want to just crawl under it. Um, Wall color that's pleasing. Like When you walk into your room, do you love it? Do you look at your bed and think, oh, it looks so comfortable. I can't wait to get in there. <laughs> and focusing more on on the good things that you're going to get as soon as you crawl into bed. Like, oh, it's going to be so cozy. Like, I've had such a long day today. Getting in that bed is going to feel so good. I, I know a lot of these things, they sound so cheesy, even just coming out of my mouth. But <laughs> it has made such a huge difference for me because I used to avoid going to bed. I was a night owl my entire life and avoided going to bed because it wasn't a good experience for me. Mm-hmm. So as soon as I, I learned to to love it for the things that I was getting out of it, my bed and my bed's my favorite place to be. And sometimes to a fault, like I don't want to get out of my bed, even though I'm wide awake and I have things to do because I just love being in there. <laughs> I love mm. it. Yeah. You're really talking about changing your relationship with, and yes. I know that's something you talk about, changing your relationship with sleep. I do believe, though, your body kind of knows how much sleep it needs. Does that make sense? I think so. Um, yeah. I have. I know that I have uh, six and a half hours is 
is the least amount that I can sleep and function well the next day. My eyes are my, like my eyes will tell you, tell me and tell you if I've had a good sleep. And when they sing, I, I will look, I will think back to, yeah, I, I only had like six hours of sleep last night. No wonder my eyes won't stay open. And so six and a half, I know is, is my, my limit. And, but there is also getting too much sleep. Yes. Sleeping in is, I always say, a way better fantasy than a reality. <laughs> I can't, I can't wait to sleep in on the weekend, but if I do, I feel awful the, the next day, like way too much sleep. I get a headache and my neck hurts and I just feel groggy. So there's also like a, you know, eight hours. I find if I get more, more than eight hours of sleep, I'm also it's like I've had six hours of sleep. So yeah. there's like a yeah. sweet spot and it's different for everybody, but you usually know like, Oh, I had too much sleep last night. I probably shouldn't have slept in for two hours. <laughs> yes. Oh, I'm total. If I go to sleep now on the weekend, I will actually set my alarm for eight hours and mm-hmm. I'll be like, if you can make it to eight hours, great. You're not going to go past because right. when I have nine hours sleep, I am just, I feel horrible. I, so I was thinking on this subject about how much sleep you get. So today I'm, I'm, I'm tired. And if you could see my eyes, you would know I didn't have <laughs> enough sleep. And so I was thinking about napping. So I am not a napper, but Beth, you are an expert napper. So oh. I thought, should I have a nap or will that ruin me for tonight? Yes. <laughs> Naps are tricky too because everybody's different. I love naps. Like if there was um if napping was an Olympic sport, I would be I would be a gold medal for Canada <laughs> for napping. I love naps. And I mean, I used to nap because I was so sleep deprived. But now that I'm not, I can still appreciate a nap and every sleep person will tell you something different. There's a lot of people that are dead set against napping. But I'm I think even just from my experience that I can tell you that a nap that like a controlled nap is perfect paired with healthy sleep habits. So if it's catching up on sleep because you slept horribly, harder, harder to gauge whether you should be. Um, but naps are a perfect little recharge of your batteries. And I have Actually, I have a podcast episode on napping. I think it's like number 11 or yes. And uh, about the anatomy of a perfect nap because choosing the right place, being comfortable, sleeping, sitting up with your mouth hanging open, drooling <laughs> in front of the TV, you're probably not going to get your best nap. I can picture it now, Sandy. <laughs> and, then, and then those people are like, why don't you go lie down? Well, I can't really do that. I feel gross. Well, I feel gross too with my mouth hanging open in broad daylight let's go lay down in your bed make it cozy but also not napping too late in the day Uh, as a general rule getting up about four hours before you have to go to bed so that you're still going to be sleepy later for bedtime and limiting your nap setting an alarm if you go to bed and just sleep for hours you're not going to wake up feeling great and you're probably not going to be able to fall asleep later at your normal bedtime so controlling the amount that you nap, but also not getting too into your deeper sleep. So general rule, like limit it to 40 minutes at the most so that you're, you're recharging, but you're not getting into a, 
of your deep sleep cycle and then waking up feeling groggy in the middle of a dream kind of right. thing. So using it as like people who can cat nap or power nap, I'm so jealous I can't do that. But like a 30 minute nap is amazing. Mm-hmm. It's amazing because we get just enough like rejuvenation to wake up ready to do whatever we need to do. So I would definitely say a nap would be great. Just limit it at least 40 or at the most 40 minutes and set your alarm, go somewhere comfortable, make it a good nap. If you're going to nap, <laughs> like, like, what's the point of napping if, if you don't feel when you wake up? Right. Mm-hmm. I love that. I Own your too. nap. Own your nap. I will be having <laughs> yeah. a nap today. Now with your blessing, I will be yeah. in my bed curtains close yeah i have room darkening curtains so i would close it i will get in there and get into a a short nap we'd love to hear about how you support women and and more about your business is there anything that you want to share that we've missed i guess of, of i mean the importance of sleep or any number one strategy or anything before we go into kind of what you do with with women in your business well i think i managed to squeeze in almost everything I wanted to say, whether it was really a question or not. Um, Good. Steering it into like, I'm going to talk about this now. Uh, yes. Just because those are my favorite topics is like loving your sleep, finding a thing to love about your sleep. Uh, I recently named a podcast episode, if I could choose just one thing, because I have to preface this by saying, I don't believe that there's one thing that cures insomnia. There's, a lot of different little things, a little mindset shifts or shifts mm-hmm. in your daily routines that in combination w- can be amazing for easing racing thoughts and insom- insomnia symptoms and bedtime anxiety. But if I had to choose one thing, it was loving sleep, learning to love sleep, changing my mindset about sleep as though I'm going into something that I know is going to be amazing because going into anything expecting it to be awful is probably going to make it awful. So just forcing myself to find the good things, the things that I love really changed everything, everything else. We don't like to spend time doing things we're not good at. So finding the things I was good at, this made the whole experience so much better and made me care more about making a priority. That's why you're so passionate about helping women right. through your business. And seeing sleep as a transition. Not, mm. I mean, this sleep is something that we're going to spend one third of our lives doing. We might as well make it something enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Right? Because there are so many other things that we're forced to do in our lives that we don't like. <laughs> <laughs> who wants one more thing like do we really yeah. want to have just maybe one third of our lives be the things we like let's have two thirds of our lives <laughs> be the things yeah. we like <laughs> or, you know we can't control everything but sleep is something that that we can make more enjoyable yeah. so that our time in bed is something that that we like to do totally it's all about the reframe so it was perfect that we had you on reframe your life <laughs> Exactly. Um, one of the things I want to ask you just as we wrap up is when, how do people, how do you work with people? So if uh, we're going to, we'll put a link, by the way, to your podcast in our 
show notes as well. So people, especially to those two episodes that you've mentioned, but if somebody wants to work with you, so somebody is listening today and they have not slept very well for weeks and they're thinking, Oh, I really could use some help. What, what are some of the things you do or how do you go about that? And how can people get in touch with you? Mm, Great question. I have a lot of free resources. I'm, I love offering my best stuff for free. So I can confidently say that my podcast, my, my email list, I give away freebies. My website is bethwyattcoaching.com. Wyatt as an herb. <laughs> um, everybody knows Wyatt Earp. So bethwyattcoaching.com. And there's a freebies link. And that will sign you up for my website and also send you a sleep freebie. So I believe there's three or four of them. You can choose the one you want. And I mean, if you want all of them, you can have all of them as well. Um, I love to give away this stuff for free because everybody should have access to good sleep. And I have a program, an insomnia program, and I'm actually in the beta testing um stage right now i am looking for beta testers but this is a insomnia program that's going to be running indefinitely and there's a membership site for it i also do private coaching you can find that at, at my website as well and i love to work with women on these things I love Instagram. I'm on there daily, several times a day. I think I'm a little obsessed with checking Instagram. <laughs> but I also uh, I talk about sleep on there. Um, I'm contacting, I'm connecting with a lot of people in the sleep industry and reposting their great information, I'm starting to work with with sleep products so that I'll be able to offer the whole package to everybody. Um, so my website has every way that you can <laughs> you can um, deal with me, work with me. Yeah. Now that's great. I found this very helpful. Started to think about sleep in a different way. Definitely been helpful for me. I found you on Instagram. I'm also obsessed yes. with Instagram. So <laughs> I I love your feed and I'd encourage people on Instagram to follow you because you have great insights always on there. And for me, it's going to be napping today. That's my takeaway. I'm going to give myself permission because I always feel a little guilty about napping for some reason. Mm. So I'm going to see that as something I'm going to gift myself with today mm. and that I'll feel more, more energetic after it. Yes. A lot of people feel guilty for napping. You're not the only one. And I've been made fun of my entire life for napping. Oh, thanks so much, Beth. It's been really wonderful. And I'm sure our Life Reframers have got a lot of hints and tips and they know uh, how to follow you. And, yeah, jump online and, and get a freebie or two. Thank yes. you so much. Thanks, Thank Beth. you so much for having me. Such an honour. Hi, Life Reframers. Did you enjoy our episode today? If so, please leave a review on iTunes or Google Play. Also, check us out on all our social media avenues via reframeyourlife.ca.